Good morning and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. It's uh, quarantine baseball opening day. He has Tristan H. Cockroft ready to win ready to win all his fantasy baseball leagues. How many drafts do you have this week? 20? They're all done, finally. Can you believe it? I had uh, five drafts. I completed them all. Yep. Survived, barely. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's you ran out of time. The season starts today. <laughs> so yeah. had, no, 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 no. The traditional roto thing is the Saturday after opening day. So everybody keep doing your drafts. Kyle Soppy is our friend, researcher, and producer, and I'm Eric Carabell. Just happy to be here on today's fine show. They play baseball tonight, well, at least weather permitting in New York. Tristan's fantasy forecaster is posted. DC. All of, what's that? DC. Oh, DC. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Same thing, though. For the, for the weather, same thing. Uh, in terms of the weather, I mean, it's pouring where I am right now, but it's also the morning. Hopefully, they'll play the game. Um, and if they do play the game, by the way, <laughs> we're going to be uh, taping a conversation tonight, a podcast during the first three innings of the show uh, on uh, during Nationals Yankees, which will be posted tomorrow morning. For so look for that uh, if they play the game on time. Uh, instant reactions and a look at the DFS slate and all that other fun stuff. But for this show right now, we're going to talk a lot about the next 11 days of baseball because of Tristan's Forecaster, which is the best piece of content we produce at ESPN Fantasy, frankly. You want to win your baseball leagues, you want to go day by day, week to week, Tristan's Forecaster is the place to be. We have lots of trivia today, and we're going to start off with the news. And um, let's uh, I guess I should have some kind of order for this news, Tristan, but we've got to go quickly because we have a lot to get to. First up, Mookie Betts is rich and... Um, I want to know, do you think that that affects him at all? We have him ranked as like in between number four and number six overall. I think getting this out of the way is actually a really good thing for Mookie Betts now. I think he's more likely to have a bigger year, but I wasn't worried about him to start with. A lot of people are worried about the switch from going to Fenway Park to Los Angeles Dodgers Stadium. But your overall thoughts here on Mookie Betts, the big the monster contract. I don't think it changes anything in terms of his fantasy value other than it eliminates the conversation people have about contract year players. And in a short year, I think if you're leaning on that, it's frankly a little bit absurd. But your point about the ballpark change is pretty relevant. Uh, he had a perfect swing for Fenway Park. Remember that that with Fenway with the the Green Monster there, it's not about power; it's about the extra base ability. And Bet's swing was perfect for generating those doubles and triples off the wall, or into any of these shorter alleys there. And he has the speed to leg them out. In Dodger Stadium, that's going to play a little bit differently. I like him as a fantasy player to put up similar numbers, but it's going to come down to how much he steals. If he doesn't steal as much as he did in Boston, that's going to adversely affect his fantasy value because the average in the home runs are going to come down ever so slightly. So now that the, uh, the, the story turns to Phillies catcher JT Real Muto, who does not have a long-term contract, and I think that might be a problem for him and the Phillies, which don't look like a 500 team to me anyway. Your thoughts on Real Muto, the lack of a, a contract, could that affect him? It, it could, I mean, again, because it's 60 games, I, I don't think there's a lot we can do fantasy-wise to prepare for that. There might be the motivation of putting up a very big year in this short time because we don't know what the free agent landscape is going to be. I mean, the bets deal says a lot about where teams are going to be financially long-term for the premium players. I wasn't expecting deals like this would come down, and I don't think many people were at all. So Real Muto could see that and say, hey, if I put up a big season. Remember, you said it was Monday show, I think, where you said, what, what if he plays... 90% of the Phillies games. I mean, that's conceivable. If that's the case, he could well be worth a top 50 overall pick or at least some somewhere in that sort of value range. Someone's at your door, Tristan. <laughs> that's my phone. <laughs> or, is it Mike Trout confirming that he's going to play? 
No, Real Muto's calling because the Yankees could really use yet another catcher for big money. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> okay, Mike Trout is playing. Let's get to the next topic. Um, Zach Wheeler's playing. You know, we all downgrade him a little bit in the projections because we expected him to miss a start or two or three, but his wife had the baby already, so Wheeler's starting Saturday, weather permitting, and uh, so move him back up. Like, we would have had him in the 25 to 28 range among starting pitchers. I saw people dropping him to 40 because he was going to miss a couple starts. We'll move him back up. He's a good pitcher, a lot of strikeouts. I think the Phillies will score runs. I don't think they'll be able to prevent them very well, especially in the bullpen. But Zach Wheeler, good news for him and good news for fantasy managers as well. Uh, bad news for Marcus Stroman, a calf muscle tear. Were you drafting Marcus Stroman anyway in a standard ESPN league? Not a lot really. of strikeouts. Yeah, no. it- Look, I think he's a very good pitcher. I think he could have a good year there. I think it's a nice fit. The ballpark leans towards pitching. Uh, the, the infield defense, I have some questions about. So that's the main reason I was I was sort of fading him, even in my NL-only leagues. In our game, he's a late-round pick. Kind of a matchups type when he's healthy. And he's not going to be out long. So, like, we're going to get to some more injury list stint guys now and guys that were actually not on the 30-man. But how do you react to stuff like that? Like, if Stroman comes back in 10 days, is it really a big deal? It, it's not. It's just I'm not going to – I mean, that's not a guy I was going to pay a premium for in the first place, and I'm going with that strategy of taking guys with very wide ranges where the upside is much higher than what Stroman's is. But you're right. If he only misses a little time, I don't think that's going to have a dramatic impact on people who were drafting him, selecting him, planning around him. And we'll get to this on Monday's show, but like Nate Pearson of the Blue Jays, they've already announced he's starting next Wednesday. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it's official that they've announced it. I think it's the beat reporters have an inside thing on that. Did you see an official announcement on it? I, I, I can't tell what's official anymore. The point is, we believe that Nate Pearson and perhaps Spencer Howard and maybe other starting pitchers, they're just starting in the minor leagues for five or six days, and then they're by mid next week. So let me ask you this, like. I think it's like 90% certain that Nate Pearson is going to be a part of Toronto's rotation next week, but not this weekend. So instead of making two starts, he might only make one. It's an 11-day scoring period at ESPN and a lot of other sites as well. Complain all you want. That's what it is. Would you leave That's Nate what Pearson- it should be, by the way, to be very clear. That's what it should be. We should yeah. not have a three-game series, period. I agree. Are you leaving Nate Pearson active this week? I am not because he, this last game he did, he wasn't super sharp and dominant and it is a home game home game unknown location against the washington nationals so to me i think it's just best that you fade him for week one but it's it's good news that he's likely to be in the rotation and by the way we still don't know where the blue jays are going to play their home games this season if they have home games at all it won't be in canada it won't be in pennsylvania this is a farce but this is quarantine baseball like they probably shouldn't be playing in the first place but um, like we were all ready to write up, you know, like right-handed power hitters on Toronto are going to lose home runs like Vlad and Bichette because they were playing in Pittsburgh and now they're not doing that. So by the time of our next show, I would assume we'll know maybe it's Baltimore, maybe it's all road games, maybe it's Charlotte or Buffalo. Do you care? Like, do you really care about this? Like what I was going to say in the Pittsburgh thing, okay, instead of hitting nine home runs, Vlad hits eight. That's really was going to be my reaction here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do care about this because I like the daily nitty gritty with matchups. 
that doesn't influence a season-long plan. It does not really influence in a great way your draft planning, but it does on a day-to-day basis. So, for example, where Eric, you just said, fade the right-handed power hitters by two, maybe three home runs if they had played in Pittsburgh. Now, all of a sudden, if they called Camden Yards their home, is Kevin Biggio going to be a much more appealing player because of the left-handed power boost that you get in Baltimore? I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be until we hear the final plan here. But what bothers me about this from the planning for Toronto Blue Jays, and I am a little bit worried about this, is that this team now very well could be a road team for 67 days of the major league season. That's a strain. It's a strain. I mean, I know they have young players who can hold up to this, but it's a strain, especially in a pandemic. And I do wonder whether that's going to have a team-wide impact there. I'm a little more concerned about the Blue Jays' uh, production this year than I was a week ago. Speaking of young players, the Dodgers sent out Gavin Lux and Dustin May, and both of them are among their 25 best players, and maybe they're up in a week. This is not about manipulating their their, finances either. I mean, Lux and May both played for the Dodgers last season. Lux, you know, they have other second basemen. May, they have other starting pitchers or middle relievers. So if you drafted May and Lux, do you wait like a week or two, or do you panic and drop them for whoever's hot? I, I think in our game, it's tough to keep them around because of the three bench spots. They have to sit there. It's not like they can go on IL or if you have the NA spot in it, they can't go there. But I would try to because the upside for the two of them is tremendous. And I do think that May fits the Dodgers idea of that two to four inning mid-game long relief type. And they have a rotation that leans a little bit towards that way with Ross Stripling and Julio Arias in there. I think they're, that May is going to get his opportunity. I'm actually a little bit more intrigued by what May could do when he comes back than I am by Lux. But Lux, it could be a calculation based on being up a limited amount of time last year. I haven't done the service time numbers to see how many days he'd have to stay in the minors for this to not count coupling last year. I think the problem with Lux is he would bat like seventh or eighth in the order. There's almost no chance he bats at the top of the lineup. Dustin May would be in the rotation. So if he replaces Stripling or Orius or Alex Wood when he gets hurt, um, he'd be he'd have a better shot at fantasy relevance. Um, speaking of Nomar Mazzara, Hunter Dozier, both on the injured list with the virus. Um, I don't want to guess. Like, is it ten days? Is it twenty five days? I don't know how long they're going to be out and compromised, and that bothers me a little bit. I, I'm I am in on Hunter Dozier. He was going to back cleanup for the Royals, and I have him in a team, and I had to replace him and draft another outfielder, and I didn't really have the room to do so. Mazzara, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan. But what are you doing now with players who test positive and you just don't know how long they're going to be out? Did you just drop these guys, Dozier and Mazar? They weren't building right. blocks to start with for fantasy. I, I'm approaching them like it's a guess as to how long they miss, but I would plan as if two weeks are going to be missed just because of the whole idea of the 14-day quarantine and again, that is a complete guess. What bothers me in the Mazzara case is that the White Sox schedule leans so very favorably to a player like him at the beginning of the year, and now he's missing that premium time to play. So less interested in him today than I was. Dozier, the fact that the timing is where it is, I agree. I, I thought he was a good value lasting till the end of even mixed league drafts, and now he's going to miss time. I moved him down to the low end of my top 300 after this, uh, this news. You have one roster spot for a hitter. Do you keep Hunter Dozier or Gavin Lux? Uh, I mean, we have the three, or we have the. I think, yeah, we have the three IL spots. So, I mean, I have got a place. Say you're in a league that has a bench, okay? Like, so let's just say it that way. Who are you more likely to keep rostered between Dozier, who I like more than Mazzara, and Lux? Lux. Okay, that's all I want to know. It's a, um, it's a good question. It's close between them. 
By the way, Anthony Rendon might not play this weekend, but don't do anything silly with him. I mean, Anthony Rendon, do you leave him active this period? It's an oblique. Yeah, for the 11 days, I probably would not. Actually, I didn't even think about the Angels' overall schedule. Let me get you the quick rating for them. Because they've already said he's not going to play like Friday, Saturday. But if that means he plays Monday, Tuesday and all next week, you'd want him active. I guess it depends on who is on your bench, for one. Like, you're not playing Michael Franco over Anthony Rendon. Right. I'm going to do that all season long with Michael Franco, by the way. Right, but, but remember, the third base is a pretty deep situation. There are probably teams that have a better option at third base. One of the guys that I'm finding as a, a back-of-my-roster decision is Howie Kendrick, who can fill in for several different players between first, second, third, depending on which league I'm in or where he qualifies. Uh, Rendon's schedule is a below-average one for the Angels. They're going to probably face three left-handed pitchers, but they're also going to get Montas, Manaya, McCullers, Greinke, as some of their starters this week. They do have the Seattle games. I, I could really go either direction on starting him for week one. I probably would start him in most cases. By the way, to me, Howie Kendrick is not back of the roster. He's middle of the roster. He's like, in an ESPN standard, he's like a 12th or 13th round pick because he's going to hit clean up for a really good lineup and he can be, be played at three different infield positions. I, I think, or is it two? First and second. Um, I don't know if he and, can play third. In, yeah, in the ones where you have a lower qualification threshold, he might have third Can you base. please remind everybody what ESPN's new eligibility rules are for this pandemic quarantine season? Gosh, I've got to get the exact numbers for you. Give me one second. All right, um, while you're doing I, that, let's get Kyle back in here because we're going to do some trivia. Uh, we'll do Tristan's trivia. But Kyle, you have trivia as well for opening day. So get us started here. I do. Over the past decade, which player has hit the most home runs in his team's first game of a season? So who are we looking for for a home run over the next two days? <laughs> so so one hitter. This is not a hitter on a new team. This is just a hitter in a general sense. A hitter on the first game, basically the first game of the season. How many years? Last decade. Last decade. Bryce, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is correct. <laughs> really? Wow. Five of them. Nice job. He better go I deep tomorrow. Too, you made it too easy, man. All right, then we'll go total bases. Same I, question, total bases. Who's got the most first day? I assume it's not Bryce Harper. You would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my – who's my second favorite Philly? I could not stand Bryce Harper when he was on Washington. I'm a Phillies fan. I don't care oh, who he knows. Yeah. I could no. not stand this guy. And then he comes to my team and the hair is flowing, somewhat like mine. And he's trying really hard, and he's playing much better defense, and he's hitting that clutch grand slam to beat the Cubs in the ninth inning. And I'm like, now he's one of my favorites. I I love this guy. Um, I do apologize for that. I, you know what? Because I'm a fan first. People are going to listen and say, well, if they listen, people are going to say, Eric, you're you're a journalist. You're supposed to be you know unbiased. No, I'm a Phillies fan. I can give you unbiased stuff. It's one of the worst bullpens in the major leagues. The Phillies have one of the worst bullpens right now in baseball. It's right there. Like, is it there with Baltimore, Kansas City? I'm trying to think of the worst bullpens right now. Like, it's Hector Neris, Jose Alvarez, and you. Good luck. Like, un- unqualified players. There's anyway. Uh, most total bases, Tristan, you have the answer. I have no idea who the total basis is. Um, 
Tristan's flustered. Tristan, why don't you answer your thing? Or not? Because I put you on the spot with eligibility there. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, it's okay. The, I, I want to have the exact numbers because it's important we have this exactly right. So the change for it is that you will gain eligibility as a hitter if you play five games at a position for this season. And if you play 10 at that position, that will influence your 2021 eligibility. And on the pitching side, for starting pitcher, relief pitcher leagues, it is two starts this year in season, and it is three uh, relief appearances in season for this year. And there's some relevant players that are waiting on eligibility, aren't there? I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head again. I'm putting you on the spot here. Segura. Segura will have third base eligibility. That's important. Is Orius, Orius is eligible as a starter and a reliever. There's some, there were a couple pitchers that were, is it uh, somebody on Oakland maybe that is just relief and not, not starter eligible? Might yeah. have been Puck. Uh, Puck and Lazardo are both relief. Lazardo is the one who's not eligible as a starter yet. And then who are we looking for early in the season to add Key eligibility, I mean, in-season eligibility. I don't care about next year yet. I'm trying to think five games. Other than Segura, there was somebody else. I guess I'll think of it in a minute. Um, what's the answer to your other I, – I can't possibly <laughs> For total base, you, you got the first one so quick that I had to – you know, we couldn't leave Well, he wouldn't have the answer to anything. Tell me who, you know, who's mostly pitching a no-hitter on opening day. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, got to be. Castellanos. No. All right. Mookie Betts. Nope, currently active in Japan. <laughs> That's a great in Japan. Wow, okay. Adam Jones. Adam Jones is correct. Yeah. Oh, get out of here. How about that? Huh. He's been an answer to two trivia questions this year, then. And so, I didn't think the Japan thing was going to be the hit that wanna, you Want a triple dip on trivia? I've got one for you, too. Let's go. You got to sing the song, though, first. Kyle doesn't. Let's do trivia, trivia. It's a third trivia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. This is also opening day. Four active members of MLB rotations, four active current members of MLB rotations have had a 30 point fantasy game in their team's opening day games, and I'd like you to name them. <laughs> wow. Come on. You're the worst. No, look. People ask all these opening day start trivia questions. You know what? I realize I don't care. I want to know about when they did it and they pitched well. They earned it. They pitched well on opening day. So let's get excited for some good opening day starts. Who were they? The four guys who had really good opening day starts. <sighs> well, we'll answer this one later. You stink. Um, okay. <laughs> what else do we need to do here? On our first show of the season. Oh, your forecaster. Let's let's talk a little bit about the forecaster with the time we have here. And uh, because it's important. I mean, people need to know that set their lineups. Please set your lineup today before the first game at 7 p.m. Eastern time. It is on ESPN. It's the Yankees at the Nationals, not the other way around. And then it's Johnny Cueto against Clayton Kershaw in a nightcap from Los Angeles. Um, you know, I think it's a World Series preview. I've got the national. No, it's not actually. I have the Nationals and the Indi- uh, and Indians in the World Series. Who do you have in the World Series? Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember who I left. I think I had Dodgers and Twins as the two World Series teams. Dodgers is too easy, and they always blow it in the playoffs. I, I, I'm, I'm going. I think Nationals get back there. But Dodgers Cleveland are wins. walking away with the National League West. You know, you think they will. You know, I, they probably yeah, I will the National League West. I don't know. I don't know who in the National League West is going to. Kyle, what's your prediction for the World Series teams this year? Because you got to do it today. We can't do it Monday. Because when the Dodgers are 0 oh, 3, nobody's going to. No, pick them. I did not pick the Dodgers. I picked Brewers over Twins. Ooh, Midwest guy, World Series. I'm the guy who picked the Brewers winning the World Series. Duh. <laughs> see, this is where my memory is. We have our first duh of the season. Um, I can see that. Brewers have a lot of interesting pitching for a, a pandemic season. 
I mean, Corbin Burns is starting game two for them. Did you even think about Corbin Burns in any of your drafts? I sure did. It turns out I have him in town, which drafted back in March. Mm -hmm. And I'm activating him. Corbin Burns apparently is throwing. Freddie Peralta is starting game four. That's the guy who had the 17 strikeout no-hitter against the beleaguered non-Kingery Phillies lineup back in April on the baseball reference out of the park sim. I got a lot into that sentence. Um, there's a lot of and, and by the way, Brent Suter is maybe the funniest guy in baseball. I don't know if you've seen him on TV recently, but he, he does like a Jim Carrey impression. He is so awesome. Anyway, Kyle, World Series prediction for you. Yeah, so that means I get the Dodgers, and I can be the only one on the podcast that said it and look smart when that happens. Which no, one? Because you won't look smart because it's everybody's prediction. <laughs> well, but in the vacuum of the three of us, I, I'll take the Dodgers. Oh, Give me the Dodgers, the Astros. Dodgers Astros. That's an exciting prediction. I've never heard of that World Series before. No, completely unique. If you want me to go off the reservation, give me the White Sox to lose to the Dodgers. Wow. Ooh, I like White Sox Padres. How about that? Ooh, I like it. Mackenzie Gore, Giolito, game one of the World Series. Kristen, let's talk about your forecaster. And uh, the first thing, I'll be honest, the first thing I look at on our forecaster every Friday, and uh, today it's Thursday, is the Rockies. That's the first thing I, I do. Now, if I have a Rockies hitter, chances are I wouldn't be taking any of the top Rockies hitters out anyway. But somebody like future MVP Matt Kemp I might take out because they're only playing three home games. <laughs> That's a total joke. Brendan Rodgers, by the way, got demoted. That will be past MVP. <laughs> future and past. Uh, no Brendan Rodgers early in the season. But like Daniel Murphy, you might sit him now. They only have three home games, right? You might, yes. That's one of the borderline guys I would be questioning. Ryan McMahon would be as well. Garrett Hampson, Sam Hilliard, maybe even David Dahl to a certain degree. Uh, there are two disadvantages. In addition to just not playing many Coors Field games, they're going to Texas where the ballpark factors are a little bit lesser than we expected. So that's supposed to lean close. How do you know that? How do you know that the ballpark factors are less? There have been, been no games. I, I don't. But so far, first of all, the measurements are more favorable for pitchers. So the outfield dimensions alone do lean it that way. And the other is that they talk about the wind currents in the old stadium that are likely not present in this one. And I, I know it's it's jumping ahead to take it based off exhibition games and what the reporters are saying. But remember where Yan- the Yankees were with Yankee Stadium in the first year. What they did not see was that the wind currents were going to influence the new stadium at the time. And that's why we had a lot of home runs. If it's the reverse in Texas, it's not going to be this homer heaven. I'm, I'm wondering whether Texas is really the top hitters ballpark in the American League anymore. Oh, I don't think it is. Um, but and what you're is? And you're on board with that. That's the thing. I want to be on board with that. Um, but it is hot there. I mean, it's hot here. It's hot everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I, I, we almost need like, even after 60 games, after 30 home games, we're not going to know what the ballpark factor is. You know, how are you going to do your, when we're doing our next show in March, how are you going to do ballpark factors for, for this new globe life? Like, how are you going to do it after 30 home games? You can't yeah. accurately. Yeah, I was just having this conversation with Todd Zola, who's the the projections mastermind. We were wondering exactly how we'd handle this. And I probably will run Park Factors just for a personal interest perspective off 60 games. But for things like the forecaster, I probably am going to just throw them out and use the same three-year factors. The only thing I'm going to do is probably put in the Globe Life field stats because we'll have no data otherwise. By the way, uh, top American League uh, hitters park at this point? What do you think? I mean, it's close. Uh, um, is it Fenway now? It might be. The three highest ones, if you take Texas out of the mix, are Cleveland, Boston, and Baltimore, all bunched pretty closely. 
you know, Baltimore's pitching is going to be so awful. I mean, John Means was actually decent last year. Maybe he wasn't, shouldn't have been an all-star, but he was their all-star. I think he was their all-star. But he's out. And, and by the way, all this Hunter Harvey stuff, I know they discussed him briefly as a saves op- option back in February, but he's on the injury list with, an arm, with arm fatigue. So please stop telling me that he was a lock to get saves to start with. He was no lock. But I'm not even keeping him rostered in a standard league. But John Means, I guess, like, could be a top 60 starter. But the point is, Baltimore's pitching is going to be so bad. You go there as a visitor, and you're going to hit some home runs. And this ball has been flying so far. It's going to be the happy, fun baseball. We're going to see five home runs per game. Uh, I, I think it's going to be craziness again, which I don't particularly like. But anyway, back to the uh, forecaster here. Um, what about the Rangers? Are the Rangers at home? Because their home new home games are going to be very interesting to watch. Incidentally, my apologies. It was Minnesota, not Cleveland. That's the third park. I got my wrong AL Central teams. But uh, back to the Rangers. They're another team that has the unfortunate uh, schedule disadvantage of eight games. So that is a negative for them. And it's a bigger negative in that it means that Kyle Gibson, Jordan Lyles, who you and I have talked about, late round, deeper mixed, AL only, or a streaming type. You're not going to get the volume you would have otherwise. But it is... Five home games with Colorado on the road. That can be advantageous knowing how the Rockies play on the road. I don't know how it'll be at this time of year. If they have the dome closed, that's probably going to lean things a little bit more towards the pitching too. They have two Arizona at home and then three in San Francisco. So this could actually be a surprisingly good week for Rangers pitchers. And I would be all in on Lance Lynn, Mike Miner, Corey Kluber, and the closer Jose LeClerc, who's looked pretty decent in the inter-squad games. I I want to believe that Jose Leclerc looks really good until the ne- next outing when he walks, you know, three of the four first hitters he faces. I I don't know what to do. I don't I don't think I have any shares of Leclerc. He, he burned me and Zola and other people last season, and I just and me. I don't feel confident. I, I don't feel confident in a lot of these closers. I did a draft last night where I just ignored saves. I I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I, I I don't know, and I didn't want to take some of the backup closers like. You know what I ended up taking in the last round? And this is a really deep league. Giovanni Gallegos. Everybody just assumes that Quang Young Kim is going to be their closer for the entire two-month period. And he looked great. He struck out the side in a save yesterday. But Royal. I don't think that's the case at all. I think Gallegos is still really good. And I was drafting for next year, not this year. It's a it's a keeper league, and I, I can't win this year. So, And actually, the commissioner was let, let me opt out of paying which is what I wanted. I, I didn't want to have to deal with that for a season, you know, lots of money. But um, Gallegos could absolutely still get some saves if he's on the roster, <laughs> which he's yeah. not right now. And, and by the way, the Cardinals are another one. We're dipping into the eight games pool, which is on the shorter side. So we, we actually are now getting into the difficult lineup decisions in that Texas, St. Louis, the Rockies, how the, the ballpark plays for Texas. These are some of the things I think that are going to influence people's week one scoring decisions as to whether you use them. So I raised Leclerc in that if you did have him, I think this is the week to use him if you were ever going to do it. Would you use Kim this week? I think that's a big question. I'm seeing a lot of people opening up their fab wallets in my leagues this week to get Kim because of the closer announcement. Well, he is their closer right now because Gallegos isn't around, and they haven't really talked about Ryan Helsley all that much, and Carlos Martinez is starting. And they're also playing Pittsburgh this weekend, and that's not a good team. So, yes, I think I would open up the – look, try to get the guys who are closing now and don't assume that they won't be closing in two weeks. I don't want to assume that, except for Zach Britton. That's different. You know, because there's a clear hierarchy there. There's, but with St. Louis, sure. There's there's one problem here, though. 
after that series you just talked about, then it's two in Minnesota and three in Milwaukee. So it's eight games short stick, five road games that are very unfavorable for pitchers. They actually have one of the worst graded pitching uh, schedules. Well, let's talk positivity now. Give me some uh, offenses that have a good a good schedule for the first week that maybe we would consider putting somebody in our lineups that we wouldn't consider otherwise. Uh, so Cincinnati, Cincinnati stands out in a very big way. They're getting six games against the Detroit Tigers and that weaker pitching staff, actually the weaker whole team. Uh, granted, they have the four games against the Cubs, but they are home games. That's a ballpark advantage for the offense. They also face the four and five John Lester and Alec Mills of that rotation. And Hendricks isn't a big strikeout guy. So I do think there's a big week coming up here for the Cincinnati Reds. The Cleveland Indians also stand out. They've got three games at home against Kansas City, whose rotation is an injury plagued mess. They've got uh, three at home against the Chicago White Sox, where the White Sox haven't declared the back end of their rotation. They could be going with Carlos uh, Rodon. Ronaldo Lopez isn't necessarily a high strikeout guy. He could be one who draws a matchup in that game. And then granted, they have the four in Minnesota, but I just mentioned before that Minnesota's ballpark does lean a lot more towards hitting than people seem to think it does. The White Sox, or excuse me, not the White Sox, the Indians, by the way, they also like to mix and match. There could be some good opportunities there. I think the Reds and the Indians, based on who they have on the hitting rosters, you might be able to extract some good value. I agree with that. Name a, name a hitter or two that you might not ordinarily play that you wouldn't now. I'm thinking like Domingo Santana, maybe, um, Nick Senzel. These are guys that you might not be thinking about, but because of their easy schedule, at least this weekend, and a nice schedule next week, I would consider trying to force these guys into the lineup. Shogo Akiyama is the first one that came to mind. I like the idea that he could be leading off uh, every day against right-handed pitchers, which means he's going to get the majority of starts this week. That's a very favorable thing for him. Uh, definitely would have him in the lineup. And I'm tr- uh, I had one of the Phillies. I think I had Kingery as one of the big plays for the Phillies because they are likely to face four left-handed pitchers in there. I think that's another thing that favors him. The problem with Kingery is I think he's batting eighth. I, I, and, and we should not – that's a big deal. That, that is actually a big deal. Now, there's no pitcher after him. It's Adam Hazley, the center fielder. But Kingery is going to start off. Segura and Kingery, I think, are batting like seventh and eighth in the Phillies lineup. And Girardi is going to stick to that, I really believe, which to me means Kingery might not run. And he's certainly going to bat less than he would have at the top of the lineup. And uh, so that concerns me a little bit there. All right, plenty of forecaster talk there. Anything else in the forecaster that we should know? I, I, I try to tell people don't overthink it. You know, if you drafted a guy – that you want to have it like if you drafted, I'm trying to think of somebody that we said that, that, that not a great lineup, but like you drafted somebody and you're like, I want to play this guy or a pitcher that I like. I don't overthink it too much. That's my point, I guess. Do you agree with that? Or you, you go all by, you're like, I don't care how I, I, I don't care how I got on my team. I'm playing the best guys. You should play the best guys. But again, like don't take somebody out who just because they have one bad start. Yeah, I I would agree with you. Do not overthink it. What I am doing for my teams is that at the back end where an injury opens a spot, that's when I'm allowing the schedule to make decisions for me. Make sure you know your league. I do have other leagues where they are only using these four days. And in that, if that's the case, just be aware that the Dodgers and Giants play four games compared to the other team's three. So know your league, know your situation with that. The other is know your one-start pitchers. If you're in an ESPN league that locks weekly, there are guys who are pitching only once this week. And among those names that we have for this week are Josh Lindblom. We've got uh, Carlos Martinez. We've got Kyle Gibson, I mentioned before. Miles Michaelis will. Jordan Montgomery. They are only going to make one start. That's a big disadvantage. All right. Let's let's answer your trivia question. And please remind us what it was. And then we'll try to answer it. And then we'll get to the uh, hash browns. What do you got? 
So I'd like the, to name the four active members of MLB Rotations who have had a 30-point fantasy game in their team's opening day games. 30 points. Great fantasy game on opening day. Four of them are in active current rotations. And it's got to be the team's first game. It can't be his first start. It is their team's opening day. This guy's got to be aces. <laughs> um all of them were definitively aces of these teams in the given years in which they did it. One of them did it four times. Four times? What? Scherzer? Nope. Felix Hernandez. He is not in an active rotation. He right. does have such games, but he is not a member of an active rotation. Uh, you are yeah, correct that he did it. I kind of knew that. <laughs> and by the way, David Price is another who has done it. Again, not in an active rotation. It's not Cole because I don't think he's done it on opening day. It was Verlander. Um, this individual uh, leads my NL only staff, and I do believe he leads one of your two staffs in a league. I'm almost certain he leads one of your two staffs on a fantasy team you have. Well, I mean, Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw is the one with four. He did in 2011, 2013, 2016, and 2017. Bumgarner? Bumgarner is incorrect. How about Johnny Cueto? Johnny Cueto is incorrect. You're getting warmer. Not a bad sneaky guess, though. Yes, that is a very good guess. You are getting warmer. So it's a yep. giant? <laughs> Who else is it? How many names are we looking for again? We've got one. <laughs> we're, got, we're doing great. <laughs> we've got Kershaw. And we're looking for four total? We're looking for four individuals who did it. The other three did it once each. Blake Snell. Blake Snell is incorrect. Adam Wainwright. Incorrect. The three teams for which they did it were the A's, the Cubs, and the Twins. Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray did it for the 2015 A's. Nicely done. Uh, Jose Barrios? Jose Barrios did it last year for the Minnesota. Yeah, with the big strikeout. And the the last one is a Carabelle favorite. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not Tyler Shatwood. They rarely throw him on opening day. They save him. It can't be you, Darvish. He didn't pitch opening day. It's not John Lester. It is not John Lester. Quintana? I mean, it is not Quintana. Jake Arietta. It is not uh, Arietta. I will tell you the year if you would like it. So wait, a Cubs pitcher did this and we're just missing it? This individual did it for the Cubs in 2013. So he's not currently a Cub. Um, but you were warm on a previous guess. I mean, it was with the Cubs a decade ago, or seven years ago. Not quite um, a decade, but yeah. yeah. Uh, this is great podcasting. <laughs> it's, poor, it's poor audio. It's great trivia. And you're, you're warm on the Quato guess. Oh, Samarja? Wait, no. Jeff Samarja did it. Wow. Samarja did it? He was starting an opening day for the Cubs? Okay. 2013, yep. All right. Well, that was fun. And, and very helpful to fantasy managers. <laughs> well, this is so I'll give you the add on thing. Samarge is the only one of this group who threw 100 pitches in doing this. So we, we might have a chance of seeing some good outings over this weekend. I'm curious to see. I think we're going to see lots of good outings. To what degree do you think starting pitchers are going to be held to like 65, 75 pitches? I think it will be for the guys who had questionable workloads. So Walker Bueller had a little bit of a question. He's pitching the Monday game, I believe. I think but you it wouldn't was- sit him. No, 
Well, no, I, I, I am in my leagues that split the week up because he's not pitching this weekend. But otherwise, no, I am playing him because he'll get the two starts. Michael Former. Yeah, you're not using Michael Former. I, I would think any – by the way, know your league rules. I have a league where I can switch my lineup Monday morning, but an ESPN league where I can't. So please know your league rules. That's the most important thing in any league. Be a good fantasy manager. Be good to your friends, your foes. Try to have some fun. You know, like somebody tweeted this morning. I want to make sure I don't misquote it. And I thought, you know what? That kind of – and then I, I summed it up with a gif because, like, I, I'm like – I agree. You know, like he wrote – this is Michael Salastillo Jr. I don't know how to feel about today. It's hashtag opening day, but it's not. It's a season, but it's not. It's fantasy baseball, but it's not. How are you guys wrapping your heads around it? I totally agree. It's It's not – the same thing i mean i love doing the podcast i love watching baseball i i replied with a gif of totally from what's that movie uh with the fishies um finding nemo. Finding, finding dory or nemo or somebody from brandon nemo he's right like i'm excited i'm gonna be watching both baseball games tonight and we'll be podcasting hopefully during the first one but and i'll watch every phillies game i can and every other game and i'll write a lot and you'll write a lot and we'll podcast a lot but it's not the same it's just not the same I, I like that you put the words the same. If it was in that tweet after the word not, then I'm in agreement. But it is actually fantasy baseball. It is actually opening day. It is baseball. It is. And the Blue Jays situation just reminds me that it's so dangerous to do this. You know, like, whatever you think, whatever you're political, it's, it's, this is dangerous. I hope everybody stays healthy. I hope nobody gets hurt. I have no problem with no fans in the stands. I have no problem with the sounds coming out of the stadiums. Just play ball, stay healthy, let's have some fun, enjoy your fantasy season. Hash Brown time, what do we got? I'm sure we got some good ones. We do. Drew, this is from a week ago. He wants you to pick a tandem of pitchers for the season. We've got Nolan Miner, Kershaw and Hill, Kluber and Boyd. Nolan Miner. Really? Okay. I, I know you hate Mike Miner. You like you do. do Rick Porcello and good for no, you. Let's not, let's not go that far. I, I think what Miner did, I think what Lance Lynn and Mike Miner did last season is going to happen again. They're really underrated. And Aaron Nola, by the way, is like a top 15 starting pitcher, no matter how you judge it. I do not want any part of Rich Hill. I assume that's the Hill with Kershaw. And then I think Corey Kluber is going to bounce back to some degree. And I don't remember who the second pitcher you named there was, but. Boyd, yeah. Yeah, Matt Boyd. I, I, you know, I had a chance to draft Boyd and another strikeout guy last night whose name escapes me. Oh, I, I can't remember who it was. And I was like, I don't need it. Like, I, I know it's going to be a high ERA. I, I, wanna, I took Kyle Hendricks over Matt Boyd um, because I thought, I know I'm getting a decent ERA and whip. I'm not getting as many strikeouts, but I'm okay in that scenario. So I would take, do you agree, Tristan? I would take the Nola and um, Mike Miner there. Yeah, I'm trying to wrap my head around this one because I think it's relatively close and I'm an anti-minor guy and I still got a couple of shares of him. I thought the price was very good in most of my leagues. Yeah. Sign me up. I, I think I'd also lean Nolan minor here. Right, well, you guys are the experts. I want Kershaw and Hill there, but you guys know more than I, I mean, do. What do you, why do you like Rich Hill? What, what are you seeing there? Season, I, I think he's going to be healthy. If or not, how, for, do you, why, how could you possibly say that? I, I don't, I, don't I, I see. I, I'd rather go with the upside there. I think Kershaw's a st- I think Kershaw's the best, probably the best pitcher on the board here, and I think Hill can keep it close enough with Minor to make up the difference. I, I I'll agree with that point, but I won't. Rich Hill, I mean, come on, and he's not in L.A. anymore. I I that's I think that's going to go poorly. 
Anyway. You're, you're assuming an injury. I mean, remember, he's got the Central Division schedule advantage. The Twins are rated. How can you not assume an injury with Rich Hill? I, I mean, we've been talking Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton all summer long. I get Isn't that. Rich Hill worse? I get that, but at 60 games, he's healthy today. What if the span in which he's healthy is this current state? The other thing, too, is he can just replace the player via injury then. Well, yeah, but that's not what he asked. <laughs> I mean, but, but he's picking the tandem of pitchers. This is going with the upside. Right, all right, in, right. All out. The difference between Kershaw and Aaron Nola to me is, 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 is small. Okay. And by the way, Kershaw might miss starts. They have a million starting pitchers. He never goes all 32. I understand they only has to go 10 or 12 here, but Aaron Nola probably makes more starts than Kershaw. Anyway. All right. It's not because of it's a Phillies thing either. I like Mike Minor more than you guys. That's fair. Brett's got a dynasty league moving from head-to-head to Roto for this season. He wants to know if you have any in-season managing tips. Tristan, you're the uh, managing tips guy. I, I've got to ask Brett whether this is a head-to-head points or a head-to-head Roto. If it's a head-to-head Roto to a Roto, I don't think there are many changes at all other than you don't need to go as all-in to address stolen bases, which means a player like Malik Smith is a little bit less appealing. I don't lean as heavily on the saves to make sure I have a balanced roster if it's just a traditional Roto. Beyond that, it's only minimal. If it's points to Roto, it's pretty huge. Then players like Malik Smith become much more appealing options than they were in head-to-head points where I don't think they have much value at all. All right, fair enough. Next. All right, I like that. Brandon wants your thoughts on the Peraza versus Chavis situation, both for this weekend against the O's and for the season as a whole. So I wrote in my silly, nobody's going to read bold predictions column, that Peraza is going to lead the Red Sox with nine stolen bases. And that's a lot considering, uh, but he was only stealing like 20 or something in his day. But they're saying he looks good. I think he's the everyday second baseman. He obviously has to be a better fielder than Chavis, who's not Chavis, who's not a second baseman. I don't think Chavis is going to play all that much. I think he's going to probably platoon with Mitch Moreland, which is not ideal for him at all. I also think Alex Verdugo is going to be a lot closer to value in Anthony Bentendi than people realize. The better leadoff option. But back to Peraza, I, I think he's going to run. Uh, so I think Peraza, and I think he'll defend, and I think that's all that Boston wants out of him. I'm pretty much fading both these players. I I just don't think either is all that appealing. I'm uh, not targeting him. I'm just saying that if you had to choose, I would take Peraza. Peraza's falling to a value point that I'm on board with if you need to get stolen bases. He's going at about the right rate. I think Chavez is the better player of these two, but I'm with you. I, I don't see where the playing time is coming for Chavez. If Peraza has been anointed the second baseman for the Boston Red Sox, I think he's going to fall into more fantasy value of these two. And especially if it's been stated now, I'm leaning on the guy who's playing today. Peraza for, for this weekend, for week one, to me, that's pretty close. I don't, I don't think there's even a question. Okay, that's fair. Last one comes from June here. He wants to know if Andujar is worth rostering or if he's more of a wait-and-see guy that you add a week or two into the season. Tris, where's uh, Andujar batting in the lineup? Seventh? If he plays regularly, yes, but... They've got to find spots in which to play him. I mean, you've got Luke Voigt at first base. You've got Brett Gardner. Or <laughs> when they're manipulating the lineup, Judge or Stanton in left field, where is Andujar exactly going to play? They have too many bodies for too few positions. I would probably lean to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Hicks is also there in center field. So they can rotate the DH spot and not have to use Andujar. I think Andujar only has value if someone gets hurt. But again, 
Give me the over-under on combined games for Judge and Stanton. There's 120 games here. I get the over-under is like 90. 90 on 120. 45 each. I, I, I predicted Cespedes plays fewer than 45, and I think you have to say the same thing about Judge and Stanton. And part of the reason why is because these teams have other options. The Mets can have Dominic Smith as their regular DH, and other than Cespedes. Yankees have a slew of options, and Newhart might not even play this weekend. So those teams don't have to force. If there's any kind of mi- – if Mookie Betts has a minor hammy thing, he can play through it. Stanton won't. Yankees have so many options. I mean, Dodgers do too, but you know that you know my point. I don't. I don't agree with you on that one. If Judge and Stan are on the active roster, they are playing. It's a decision of either they're on or they're off. What I like about them is the fact that the decision will be made to deactivate or put on the IL, and then I can just replace the player in fantasy freely. I don't think well, it's. Gonna- I'm not saying they're going on the IL. I'm saying don't expect Aaron Judge and Don Carlos Stanton. How many games do the Yankees have the first week? Ten. There's no way they're both playing all 10. And not because they're going to get hurt, but because the Yankees don't have to play them all 10. I don't agree with that. I think they're going to play. I think they're going to play a lot. If they're healthy, I think they're both starting nine games without too much trouble. So maybe they, they, maybe they start. No, they have 10 games. Maybe they start eight each. I don't know. But I, I really don't think they're going to be sitting much. I don't think the Yankees are going to go out of their way to play Mike Talkman or Miguel Andujar over Judge and Stanton if they consider those two healthy. I don't agree with that. Uh, Give me your game's priority between those three you mentioned, Judge Stanton and Cespedes. Most games to least. I'm not saying they want to sit them, Tristan. I'm saying like day game after night game, they're going to treat Aaron Boone will treat them like catchers. And if there's any kind of thing wrong, they're going to, you know, sit them. Then, then you are saying that they are going to treat them that way. That It's like that's I, what you're saying. Stanton, Judge, Cespedes. I mean, I, don't, I, I see Cespedes as most likely to get hurt. So I'll say ju- Stanton, Judge, Cespedes in that order for most games of the season. But I, I don't think – I think 45 is a decent over-under for all three. I, I would fully agree with that. I think that's the right over-under. I'm just saying that I think it is light switch with the two of them as to whether they play. I don't think it's one of these day-to-day maintenance things. You think it's day-to-day maintenance? I think early on it's day-to-day maintenance to some degree. I don't know why you wouldn't do that because you know that Andujar can hit and maybe field in left. You know Mike Tockman is really good. You've got Gardner and Hicks. Like, I just don't know why you would push these guys. Why would you do that? Like, you don't have to do that. You're already a good team. So, I mean, I think we're kind of saying the same thing here, and we're just wasting time. But they're obviously they're going to play. They're going to hit. But, like, I don't want to say they boasted out the same day. But, you know, you have a Thursday day game after a night game, and, and one of them is, you know, a little bit sore. No, he doesn't play. They they have 10 games. They stay on the active roster for all 10 of those games. How many do you think each of the two of them are playing? Nine. You think each of them are playing? Okay. Eight or nine, yeah. That's, uh, you, you seem to think- no, no, no. My concern here is that I do think if they are in a day-to-day maintenance plan for the Yankees going forward, I am much less interested in them. I, I, our definition of day-to-day is different. I, I think, you know, they each miss – out of every five days, like a game that they don't start and maybe they pinch it later in the game or something like that. That's I, think what I, think. I think they will probably start a lot of the games and they get lifted for the defensive replacement late. Maybe not judge, but Stanton will. All right. Any final thoughts here? Obviously baseball, it's good. Two games on ESPN tonight, uh, weather permitting Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer at 7 PM. Scherzer throws out the first pitch to who's leading off for your team. DJ LeMahieu, I guess <laughs> is leading off. If he's healthy, I would imagine if he's cleared to play. Yes, I imagine he will. The nightcap in Los Angeles is Johnny Cueto, who's, I think, going to be okay. Now, obviously, against the Dodgers lineup, maybe not so much, but 
Uh, I wouldn't use him if I don't have to. And Clayton Kershaw, who's very good, obviously. And the Giants are not better as who? <laughs> Man, I, I was looking at that lineup. That is not uh, – you know, and you take a belt and Longoria, and that doesn't help it. But I don't know who was going to lead off anyway. Yastrzemski, Dubon, like – who does like uh, Roto Resource of Fangraphs have? I'm I'm trying to find it right here. They have Brandon Crawford leading off. Oh my god, that's awful. And I don't see that against Kershaw. I I mean lefty versus lefty does lead off. I just I don't see it. No, I don't either. So I don't know. Wilmer Flores leads off. I probably Mauricio Dubon. I guess Hunter Pence. He has to bat cleanup. <laughs> so I would. I mean, with that lineup, I just best bat my best player first and hope they come up. Big, big prediction: Darren Ruff homers tonight. Oh, wow. <laughs> Remember how I used to love Darren Ruff? Yes, I do. Yep. <laughs> He's probably their first baseman tonight against Kershaw, right-handed hitter. Wow. Um, we should also note there are day games on on Friday. Well, day game, the Mets, DeGrom and Soroka, a couple games at 6. So don't assume that every day the games start at 7 p.m. Eastern time. They don't. And then a weekend slate. And then is there Sunday night baseball? I guess there must be, right? Uh, let me yes, – there is. Let me, isn't it a, a, uh, the Arias game? Oh, two games. No, it's the Newcomb versus uh... Porcello. Oh my goodness! We all have to watch Rick Porcello. Kyle, you must watch Rick Porcello because it's on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, and then after that game at 10 p.m. on a Sunday night, uh, undecided against Julio Urias. I'll take Urias there. You did uh, bury the lead though. Chatwood's not Sunday Night Baseball, not on ESPN, but does pitch Sunday, so we get a Chatwood Porcello kind of day. Oh, wow, we do. Oh, are we going to take some bets on that one, Kyle? Well, Chatwood's got the Brewers. Not thrilled about that. <laughs> Who's pitching better on opening in their opening game? Porcello again? You no, know, I'll finally take Chatwood, but I, I don't see how he throws more than 50, 60 pitches. Freddie Peralta against the Cubs. It's either six no-hit innings or he's out in the second inning. I don't know which one. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm more likely in this shortened season to take chances, boys. Like, I'll, I'll pick up Freddie Peralta. Take a chance. Burns, I can't wait to see what I, – I think the Brewers' rotation this weekend is so interesting. Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta. I will talk about that. I'm going further. I'm adding Adrian, Adrian Hauser and Josh Lindblom, the four and fives, in there. I think they are also interesting at a lower, lesser degree. Well, anyway, baseball is back, even in a quarantine. Thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Focus Baseball. Reminder, we will be taping a conversation on Thursday night as the Yankees' national game starts. Uh, if it starts on time. So check your feed first thing in the morning for our instant reactions, a line of look at the DFS slate, and we'll answer your, you know, your, your, your hash browns and a lot more. Anyway, for Tristan, for Kyle, for Rick Porcello, I am Eric Carabell. Have an awesome weekend.